In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... It's one person coming in from China. It's going to disappear. One day, it's like a miracle. It will gonna all be great. We're going to be so good. This is a pandemic. The Betches Sup Podcast. No, I don't take responsibility at all. Hello, and welcome to the Sup Daily Coronacast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And the Coronacast is your daily rundown of all the latest news on COVID-19, how we're getting through it, and just how close we are to ending this crisis. Let's get into it. Hello, Brian. Hey, Amanda. You... How are you? I'm okay. I'm doing fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was convincing. <laughs> did you, uh, what did you do with yourself this weekend? What did I do with myself this weekend? Well, Saturday, I cleaned a whole bedroom. I dusted the roof, the ceiling of your bedroom. I, oh, <laughs> of, of a bedroom. I'm doing like I'm going like real ham on deep cleaning, you know. Yeah. And then Sunday, I had all these other plans to be productive, and I woke up. And I kind of just spiraled into self-consciousness and <laughs> accomplished nothing except, you know, I had like a drink at like noon, 1130. I made pina coladas. So that was. That sounds fun. delicious. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did that too. Cause I was supposed to be in Cancun yesterday. We actually like, they did like a virtual, like an actual ceremony over zoom and mm-hmm. it was really lovely and like moving and it felt like we were at an actual wedding. That's nice. I yeah, did a I lot saw- of cleaning too. I saw your Insta story with um, your boyfriend's uh, tux top and with shorts. Jim shorts. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, it was fun. It was good. It's just very. I, I wake up in the morning and it like takes me a really long time to like figure out what what the, what the day is, what my responsibilities mm-hmm. are, what happened the day before. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm having a really tough time with uh, falling back asleep ever since this has all started. Ooh, me too. Because I, I like wake up and I can't roll over and fall back asleep like I used to because I immediately start thinking about things. And yes. then I'm like awake and I'm like, okay, well, I, I guess like uh, yesterday, it was the thing. I think I went to bed at like 1230, one o'clock the night before I woke up at 630 and got up. I was like, Yikes. what? It's Saturday. What's wrong with me? But, you know, I know what's wrong with me. Exactly. <laughs> The same thing that's wrong with I everyone have else. A sneaking suspicion. Yeah. Uh, okay, so should we get into some of the the day's big stories? Yes. Um, today is April twentieth, and as of this morning, the United States had crossed forty thousand known deaths as a result of COVID nineteen. In better news, it looks like we might see another round of economic relief in coordination with Congress and the White House today. This bill is primarily to replenish the small business loan program. That program allows small businesses with fewer than 500 employees to get loans from the government that can be forgiven as long as employers keep staff on the payroll. Uh, When we talked about this on Friday, Democrats wanted this bill to have more funding for hospitals, and it looks like they did get some of what they wanted um, in the deal that we could see come to pass today. So that's good. The $450 billion deal includes $300 billion for those small businesses loans, the Paycheck Protection Program. 
Uh, it also includes $50 billion for the Small Business Administration's Disaster Relief Fund and $75 billion for hospital and $25 billion billion for testing. Democrats got some of what they wanted, but Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said there was less room on things like additional funding for state government, uh, which he promised could come later. Yep. Yeah. And this is part of the fund that uh, dried up so quickly um, because of Sam and I were talking about on Friday, it looked like some businesses that qualified as small businesses, I think I might have referred to them as, as, you know, exploiting loopholes and they weren't really loopholes. Like these businesses did legitimately have access to these loans, but that seems to have been part of the problem. Like as long as they had fewer than 500 employees, they could access them. So you have companies like Ruth's Chris, which got $20 million, even though the cap is $10 million. Um, they got $20 million because they could count like a bunch of their subsidiaries and all of these other big places. Um, and Shake Shack also got $10 million and um, their CEO, Danny Meyer, he's kind of like a, a do-gooder in like the food world. He like famously doesn't, you don't tip there, you just pay, you know, an appropriate amount for your food. And it's, it's just like split among workers more equitably. And he's been really vocal about like supporting restaurant workers. And so he got the loan and he gave it back. He got Shake Shack wow. got a $10 million loan, but he was like, I mean, I legally I could get it. So of course we applied and we did, but we had no idea that the funding had dried up and that there were people with, I don't, I don't know what, I don't want to say like legitimate small businesses, but at least wrote in the newsletter that like, maybe if you have locations in Times Square and Dubai, you're not a small business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they seem to agree. And so they gave that money back. And I'm not sure if this version of the bill sort of is more targeted at, um, you know, small, the, the sort of mom and pop shops, the small businesses that a majority of Americans uh, uh, work for that like really, really need this money or they won't be able to operate once we are able to like reopen yeah. the economy uh, or whatever. So I think they were hoping to get like some answers on that sometime uh, today. I would say 500 employees is quite a large threshold. It's Doesn't not it seem like for sure. Like I'm just thinking about like on LinkedIn, it's like the second to last thing you choose when you're like yeah. talking about size companies. Like, yeah, it's that's interesting. Not as, that's it's just never what I considered uh, what a, what a small business uh, mm-hmm. was, but I've, I've been wrong about a lot. I'm learning a ton. Yeah. <laughs> hey, American fever dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift, because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. 
Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So on Friday, we also talked a little bit about like this vacuum of testing. And I personally have like struggled with this testing issue because I've had a hard time like figuring out what the problem is and whose job it is to address it. And I think that is actually like the main problem. Um, And so those sort of like main issues and tensions really came into focus this weekend, I'd say. Uh, Trump and press conferences throughout the weekend maintained that the federal government is doing plenty to ramp up testing, but that it's in the end the state's responsibilities to do it and those states need to be doing better. Um, But this also comes as the White House has laid out that sort of phased approach to reopening the country, which I think has made people even more impatient because you're getting the White House is saying like, oh my gosh, in six weeks, you could like basically be back at work and things will be different, but kind of back to normal. But like what they don't say is that you have to, you know, hit all these benchmarks that we're nowhere even close to being able to hit yet uh, without without testing. So people are getting impatient and Trump is saying, you know, ask your governors, Uh, but he's not really helping those governors. Uh, get sort of access to what they need to really get moving on this. But I'm sure that's exactly like what he wants. It looks great to sort of offload uh, the responsibility. Um, So answering questions about testing over the weekend, Mike Pence claimed there is a sufficient capacity of testing across the country today for any state in America uh, to enter that first of the three phases of of reopening. Uh, Governors are really mad about this. They're mad about all of these claims because they're just not true. Uh, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam said that Pence's claim was delusional. Uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, she said that her state is like ready to go. They could perform double or triple the number of tests it's doing now. Um, They just don't have the supplies they need to do the test. The issue isn't necessarily the testing capability itself. A lot of labs, the biggest labs in charge of us are like, we're ready to go. We're not operating at full capacity. The problem is things like swabs and reagents and things they need to just conduct the tests on people, which they just don't really have. Um, So how behind are we exactly according to the COVID Tracking project, there are currently about 150,000 diagnostic tests conducted each day. Um, We need to be doing about three times that to get to this sort of phased approach that Trump is saying, like, what are we doing? Why aren't we there yet? Um, So what is the federal government doing? Dr. Deborah Burke said that there's a team at Walter Reed basically making calls, calling hundreds of labs across the country uh, to ask what they need. But like, I don't know, Brian, it's never reassuring when you like give a complaint or ask for something and somebody's just like, we'll make some calls. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so that's going nowhere. Right. That just tells me like, all right, I have to figure out how to, how to deal 
uh, with this. And it's all exactly the while, what, yeah, it's exactly what I would do, like as a waiter to placate someone. Like, okay, yeah, I'll see what I can do, and then right, do I'll nothing. Ask, like that's really the only thing you can yeah. say. So yeah, they're gonna like ask what they need. They didn't really say. I mean, Trump said so. Like a big criticism of the administration is they really don't seem to be taking full advantage of the D- Defense Production Act. Trump said that he his administration is preparing to use it to get uh, the a U.S. facility to increase production of these test swabs that go up your nose by over 20 million per month, which sounds cool, but like there are still like 300, close to 400 million Americans that are going to mm-hmm. probably need to be tested at some point, mm-hmm. um, assuming people are going to have to be tested over multiple years of time. Um, but yeah, there seems to be like no federal effort to coordinate preparation for this. And meanwhile, Trump is just accusing Democrats of being political about it and politicizing it. But we have a clip. I just want to listen to this Republican governor. This is Larry Hogan of Maryland. Uh, respond to this idea that governors aren't doing enough to solve the crisis. I can tell you, I talk to governors on both sides of the aisle nearly every single day. Um, the administration, I, I think, is trying to ramp up testing. Uh, try, they are doing some things with respect to private labs. But to try to uh, push this uh, off to say that the governors have plenty of testing and they should just get to work on testing, somehow we aren't doing our job is just absolutely false. Uh, every governor in America has been pushing uh, and fighting and clawing to get more tests, not only from the federal government, but from every private lab in America and from all across the world. And we continue to do so. Oh, man. I was talking about this with Lisa the other day. I don't know what to do with it or what to do about it, but I feel like I constantly have this undercurrent of rage you know totally and it's just like this is it's just so i'm just so mad that this is a a conversation that's happening you know it's 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 so frustrating to see like he is like he like there's a we we play this clip before every podcast episode where he says he takes no responsibility at all and we were just talking you just were talking about how the fact you know no one really knows whose job it is to do this thing it is his job it is it is like it is his job yeah. To ask these questions and be like, okay, then let me figure out who's doing this. So then he can make someone able to do it. It's just like, and it's, it's crazy that people are just. Right. It's true. So it's like, even if, even if he's like, it's not my job, it's his job. Like you said, to figure out whose job it is. Exactly. And that, Pence and doesn't then, seem to be delivering mm-hmm. much of anything. He's just managing yeah. the crisis, like the PR, but it's like, the man has never had a successful business venture in his life. The man opened hotels with bed bugs. Like, we really think he's going to wait until we're ready to open America. He doesn't give a shit. This man was in real estate. He never had an open house that he was ready for. He was probably the guy that was, like, pushing things in the closet and, like, sweeping the rat traps away. That's what he's trying to do with all of us now, and it's going to come crashing down. He is is the... uh epitome of like like he did like all of those businesses he even started he did not start they were started by his father because he has he is the result of you know dynastic nepotism breeding mediocrity thinking that they are privileged and skilled at something he has no skills no talents but because he was able to you know lose money get money back from his dad keep making these businesses and just seeing his name everywhere made him think that he was actually good at this fucking thing that he's trying to do. And he is not, he can't accomplish one single thing. 
No, it's completely, completely maddening. All he can do is try to get the economy somewhat back to normal for his election, which, and that's clearly all he cares about. That's why he's sort of denouncing these governors and he's tweeting in support of, there were more protests over the weekend um, of people just out flouting social distancing guidelines. And Trump tweeted in support of three of them. He tweeted, liberate Minnesota, liberate, liberate Michigan, liberate Virginia. Um, the, things, the thing that those three states have in common is that they have democratic governors. Mm-hmm. There were protesters in states from Democratic and Republican-led governors, mm-hmm. but he only seemed to to denounce the ones, uh, the stay-at-home order cur- orders implemented by and, by uh, Democratic yeah. ones, implying that they are somehow using their like authoritarian authoritarian powers. And I don't even think a majority of Americans want us to prematurely open. No, they don't. I was just looking at a Quinnipiac poll this morning. I think it came out over the weekend that even seventy-five percent of Republicans want these stay-at-home orders. You know, it's like. People aren't like people are don't want to get sick and die. They and they know like that's pretty much what it comes down to. It's like you know why are we fighting against like that? Like and right. the, uh, the scary thing about you know these tweets is like he he's like even in, in the Virginia tweet he mentions like protect your Second Amendment rights. It's like what are you talking about? Are you encouraging people your citizens to go out into the streets with guns? It's really horrifying. It is fucking terrifying. Do you know something I think about a lot? You know, when you're on Twitter and you have a certain number of followers or on any platform, you always look at somebody's like engagement. You you look to see how many people actually Mm -hmm. like what they say. And then you get a sense of like how many people are really into this person. The president's tweets have very low engagement, I have to say. If you ever look, everything he tweets has like 50,000 likes, but he has, you know, like hundreds of millions of followers, I think. That's or true. Play, but it's just funny. Nobody actually like clicks like because it's like I can go through a whole weekend sometimes when I tune out and I don't hear about any of these tweets. And then it's like, Jesus Christ, he's just fucking tweeting all weekend. But it kind of makes me it kind of is a little bit encouraging that people don't see them because they can be a distraction. But at the same time, it lets people sort of brush them. I mean, because you can't keep up with them now. They're hard to take seriously, even though every single one of them is so outrageous and disqualifying. Yeah. And um, so like we were saying before, even though 60% of American voters say they are worried about measures being relaxed too soon, we are seeing governors in some red states are doing just that. In Florida, GOP um, Governor Ron DeSantis, you know, the one who doesn't, the, you might have seen the video of him trying to put on a face mask this weekend. It's pretty funny. Um, he just like keeps touching his face with like gloves and like, all, like he just like, it's like in all these different, Someone should make a compilation. Anyways, uh, he said municipalities could reopen beaches and parks if they could do so safely. And in Texas, Republican Governor Greg Abbott said stores could begin selling curbside, uh, non-essential surgery could resume, and state parks could reopen. So that's not great. Um, Yeah, it's just so dissonant with, like, what experts say, which is that, like, we have years until we're back to normal. Then it's like, but let's go to the beach. I know. And it's like, you know, even if we like say, I don't even know if we can, we've confirmed that we have flattened the curve or we are beginning to flatten the curve, but you know, we can't, it's not like once the curve is plateaued, things can go back to normal because people are still dying at a high rate. Right. And that, that be, you know, like we would have to go down. Like it has to, it has to plateau and then go down and we have to be back at the bottom before anything can happen. And we, I know like they just like the, all these states keep pushing back their stay-at-home orders and they're just going to keep going. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Today is April 20th, aka 420, the unofficial pot holiday. Um, this year the holiday you comes. Sounded like your like narc aunt. Pot holiday? Pot holiday? I know, it's funny. Um, I don't know. I also like I've noticed that I use a lot more of like stoner words that were popular in the two thousands. Interesting. I don't think people use anymore. Like I say dope all the time. Do people say that's dope? Um, they don't, but I like it. I say it sometimes too. Yeah. And like, I still say I'm stoned sometimes and most people don't say stoned anymore. Anyways. Um, so this year the holiday comes as 33 states permit medical cannabis use of some sort and 11 have full legalization. 16 states have decriminalized it. Um, some lawmakers are necessarily killing the buzz. Uh, San Francisco mayor, London Breed threatened arrests. He said, we will not tolerate anyone coming to San Francisco for 420 this year. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, because it is illegal in California. Like, anyone can go in and buy. Um, And obviously, you can't talk about this without talking about how black people are four times more likely to be arrested for cannabis than white people, even though they use it at about the same rates. Uh, Yet, as recently as 2018, 700,000 people were arrested for a marijuana-related offense. Now, in 2020, in many states and cities, dispensaries are considered essential businesses. Can you, like, it's just, like, the biggest slap in the face. Like, it goes from you were a criminal, and now it's, like, a fancy thing that white people do at yoga, and it's essential. Uh Uh-huh. Ugh. Uh Like, there are weed influencers now. Right. Like, I'm glad it's essential. People need it for medicine, and it helps people Mm -hmm. live their lives. But it's just, like, oof. Nobody who is in prison for touching that plant should be there. No, totally. Yeah, and also there are some states, like California, Massachusetts, that are uh, prioritizing people disproportionately impacted by cannabis criminalization and how they award licenses for new weed businesses. So if you have uh, some sort of conviction or arrest as a result of a cannabis conviction that obviously uh, had a huge impact probably on your life and your professional life, you can be prioritized in some of those uh, places for the lottery and for starting a cannabis business. Um, Still, though, mostly white male investors have been able to capitalize on decriminalization. And because cannabis remains illegal at the federal level, most banks don't really want to fuck with businesses that sell cannabis. So they're going to have a really hard time, those small businesses and dispensaries, securing those small business loans. And I feel like in the past couple of years, I've just heard a, a lot about you know white male Silicon Valley type investors really capitalizing on decriminalization. And you know, now that this has happened this economic crisis, like they're not going to be the ones who are hurt by this. It's going to be like those small businesses that, that started in these places in the past couple of years. Um, Yeah. And like we said, a lot of them are considered essential in a lot of places, but I've read that they are definitely like having some hits uh, to business that, you know, some people stocked up, but now aren't really visiting. Um, But yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's a, obviously any emerging industry is going to have a hard time um, coming out of this crisis. Yeah. I have a friend who has a medical card and 
interestingly, like they, they've set it up so that he can place his order online and then he goes and picks it up. That's perfect. Um, but what's interesting is sometimes things that were available like in the mornings won't be available later in the day because I guess enough people are ordering, which is interesting. Okay. Um, what? That's great. You, you, you wrote here, I, it's so infuriating and irritating. John Boehner is a known investor in this stuff. That is, he's the former Speaker of the House um, on the Republican side. Yeah. And that is just a huge slap in it's the face. It's gross. It's gross. It's such an American so tale. It's awful. Um, it's awful. Yeah. Whew, yeah, so... Enjoy, everybody. 420. I know this was a special 420 for a lot of people because it's 2020. Oh, also, my God. Yeah. Sammy was supposed to be married this past weekend. Oh, that's so. right. Yeah. Oh, terrible. It was all terrible. tied into that. All, yeah. all terrible things. But, yeah, we'll all get through this. Well, yes, we're all we, in will, the same we will. Boat. And it'll be like, I was thinking as I was at my Zoom wedding, I was like, oh my God, their real wedding is going to be so much more fun for all of this and like such a fun occasion. And Sammy's will too. One day, mm-hmm. one day soon. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Brian, until the end of COVID 19, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Daily Corona Cast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. The Sup is created by Sammy Fishbein. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.